Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. Hope you'll visit our website. We're a worldwide house church network, rotating homes, rotating who leads each week. That way all are strengthened, all get to share what Christ in them is doing in their lives, and everyone gets the opportunity to, to interconnect with one another in our lives and rotating homes, rota rotating who leads each week. And that way, when we outgrow a home, because everyone's used to hosting or most people used to hosting and, and leading, uh, then it just multiplies out like a cell. They begin rotating among themselves. It's following the same pattern that they used for the first 300 years of Christianity when it started out with a group of 120 people on the day of Pentecost and it grew from the inside out from house to house to saturate the Roman Empire. Um, and so we follow the same biblical and historical pattern. So visit our website. That's where uh, in, you can sign up for my weekly thoughts, which is a weekly email that comes out, and my monthly e-newsletter. And that's where we put uh, Zoom web conference uh, notices, uh, our in-person conferences, things of that nature. So sign up there. You can also find a lot about House Church there, videos, articles, etc. Um, all right, today talking about the progression of our love with the Lord. And, uh, and Jesus asked the question in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 18 of Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Now, a couple things to note. Number one, Jesus was not comparing himself. He was not saying, do you love me, Peter, more than James or John? That would be unlike the Lord. In, in my certainly 45 plus years of walking with the Father and with the Lord, and certainly in scripture, and certainly in daily life, and certainly in historical documents over 2,000 years, uh, there is no instance where the Lord has asked somebody, say, a husband and a wife, uh, to the husband, hey, do you love me more than my than your wife loves me? The Lord doesn't play both ends against the middle. That That's not what he was talking about. He was talking about fishing, because Peter had left everything to follow Jesus, and then the cross happened, and then the resurrection, and John chapter 21 opens with the guys uh, fishing once again, returning to their fishing business. And so Jesus needed to know where their hearts were. And so he asked Peter, he said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Talking about more than the fishing, the fishing and the fishing business, the fish that they were eating that day, that evening or that day. And Jesus used the word uh, agape or the root word agape. And agape is that unconditional love where God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It is the lay down my life for you type of love. And so Jesus said, asked Peter, do you love me? Do you agape love me? And Peter responded, Peter in his transparency, in his honesty, you got to love Peter. He said, Lord, you know that I love you. And Peter used the word uh, P-H-I-L-O or the, the root word P-H-I-L-E-O, phileo uh, or filio, P-H-I-L-E-O. And that is the love. That's an affectionate love. That is a love that best friends have for one another. That is a, a, a an affectionate kindness. That is not lay down your life for one another. That is, hey, I really like you, bro. You know, uh, you know, love you, sis. You know, that sort of a thing. Um, where it is, it is a step down from the lay down your life for me type of love. It's it's a love that two good friends have for one another. And so Jesus then asked him a second time. Peter, do you love me? And he used again the word agape. And Peter again used the word phileo. Uh, I love you like a friend. Now consider, you know, to me, it's like consider Peter. In John chapter one, 
Andrew, his brother, introduces Peter and Jesus. And, and Jesus says, okay, you're, you're Peter, you're Cephas, you'll be call, called Cephas, Peter, a rock, whatever. And that was it. I mean, that was John chapter 1, about verses 41, 42, 40, 41, 42 in there. And then the next time we see Peter and Jesus is in Luke chapter 5. And in Luke chapter 5, uh, Jesus wants to borrow one of the boats to uh, take advantage of the acoustics of being on the water. And he does so. And then he thanks Peter. He says, let down the nets in the deep for a great catch. And Peter doesn't believe him. And so he says, okay, I'll let down one net at your word. And of course the net breaks and he calls for help. And it's like, you know, you're thinking, okay, it's a great lesson, folks. This will really preach. That is that the provision of the Lord if you look at Luke chapter 5, the provision was plural. That is, let down the nets, launch the boats, let down the nets for a great catch. And Peter didn't believe that, so he just launched one net. And of course, the net was breaking with such a great catch. And what's interesting is that Jesus did not alter the abundance of the provision just because Peter had failed to build an infrastructure to be able to handle the blessing. You follow me on that? It's the same way Jesus, when he fed the 5,000, uh, plus the four, and then another time, 4,000. Uh, the gospels say he made them sit down in groups of 50s and 100s. It's something, you know, I share in my biblical, balanced biblical prosperity series, talking about how we, we, people want the blessing, but you have to prepare, you have to build the infrastructure for it. And, and that's why Jesus had people sit down in groups of 50s and 100s, because he could distribute the massive amount of loaves and fishes that was required to feed thousands upon thousands of people. If he just said, just give it out where they were, it wouldn't have been an even, efficient uh, distribution. So anyway, that, that's a side note there. Um, not to take so much time, but but maybe something in your life where the Lord has made provision and you don't see it, and you're hesitant to build the infrastructure to to, to take care of it. It's, it's kind of like 1 Corinthians, what is it, 10, 13? Uh, I think it is. It says that he will not allow you to be tested above what you're able to handle. You know, people say, oh, I want to win the lottery. It's like, are you kidding? You can't handle your budget now. You know, God's, God promises not to give you more than you can handle. So, you know, start building the infrastructure. Start handling things well now. Peter should have launched a couple boats and nets to be able to handle the provision. But Jesus didn't change the provision just because of Peter's disbelief and his lack of preparation. So anyway, the next time you, you see Peter, you see Peter blurting out, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You see Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration in Luke 9 uh, with uh James and John, and then who we're told in Luke 5.10 were his business partners. Uh, Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration. They see Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus about his death. Moses from the law, Elijah from the prophets. Uh, so yes, people in heaven are aware of what's going on on earth. Uh, that cloud of witnesses, um, they certainly knew what was going on in the life of Jesus. Uh, you see him in at Jairus's in, in Mark chapter 5. You see Peter, James, and John brought into Jairus's house uh, where the other guys were on the outside and they saw Jairus's daughter raised from the dead. Peter saw all these things and Jesus asked him twice, do you agape me? No, Lord, I love you like a best friend. Do you agape love me, Peter, to lay down your life for me? No, I love you like a best friend. You know that I love you affectionately. So the third time Jesus comes down to Peter's level, he says, Peter, do you love me like a best friend? And Peter's upset that this is going on. He says, I've told you before that, that I love you like a best friend. And, and in those are, that's John chapter 21, verses 15 through 17. So in verse 18, Jesus is, 
observing this and contemplating this. And he says, okay, Peter, he says, you know, when you were young, you could dress up and you could go and you could clothe yourself, go wherever you want to travel, what you wanted to do. But when you're old, someone's going to take you where you don't want to go and stretch forth your hands. And the apostle John adds, thus signifying the type of death he would die for. In other words, Peter asked, Peter was asked twice, if you agape love the Lord yet in your walk with him and, and twice, uh, Peter responded, no, and then when Jesus has, came down to his level, Peter said, yeah, I get, love you on that level. And Jesus got the last word and saying, okay, right now you just love me like a, like a best friend. But when you're old, you're going to prove that agape love for me. You will grow and develop by the time you're old to be able to, to be crucified, uh, as a Christian to be martyred. And, and my point in sharing that today is the, is that, you know, we don't instantly fall in love with the Lord. We don't instantly just fall in love with the Father God and the things of God. It is a progression. And we need to understand we're not accountable to perfection, but we're accountable to growth. And and we are at various stages. When you're first born again, and there's that honeymoon period, and you're thinking, wow, and I'm spirit-filled, and I'd do anything for you, Lord, and then life happens. You know, and, and sometimes it can can take away from things. And, and Peter, having everything that he witnessed, it's it, it's like so many of us in our lives, we've witnessed amazing things, amazing miracles, amazing things. And yet we question maybe, you know, do I love the Lord like a friend or do, would I lay down my life for him? And what I'm sharing is is just this. Number one, it is a progression. It is a growth process. So uh, that's brought out throughout scripture. In Galatians 4.19, uh, Paul wrote them to the Galatians and he said, I'm travailing in birth again until Christ is formed in you. Talking about that process. In Ephesians 4, uh, 14, 15, 16, he says, let us not be like children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes down the pike, you know, and by the slight of men, but let us grow up into him in all things. Um, you know, it, it, there's this progression there. Galatians 5 uh, 22 outlines what we're supposed to be growing in love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, patience, meekness, kindness, and such. And it's that kind of growth, that kind of progression that helps us fall in love with the Lord even more as we love his things. So, uh, just a word of encouragement. You're along a path. You, you're along a process. Enjoy the process. I, I, I bring to remembrance once again and, and share with you when I was watching a sitcom. One day, just taking a break, and it was a sitcom episode where I had seen many times before that TV show. I knew where people came in, where they exited, what line they were going to say next, and I was—I had seen it so many times I was bored. And I started turning to the father, and I, I said, Father, I said, you know everything. You know the thoughts before they form in my head. You you, you called me and knew me, and, you know, before I was in my mother's womb. You know, Jeremiah 1.5, what the Lord told Jeremiah before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Uh, you know, and, and I thought of all that and I just told the father, I said, you must be bored. I mean, how do you, how do you find fulfillment? And the father spoke to me and he said, I enjoy the process. And so folks, my encouragement is it is a process. It's, it's throughout the new Testament. And we see that in the life of Peter. So I hope that you will enjoy the process. Uh, make the little attitude adjustment, enjoy the process, but the process expects us to grow in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, meekness, kindness, and again, adding to our faith, moral excellence, um, consist, uh, self-control, consistency, godliness, brotherly love, then agape love. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 8 says, if those things are in you and abounding, they will make you so that you're not barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, God bless. Keep, keep in that process. Be encouraged. Bye-bye.